It's the Sunday Showcase on the Mutual Audio Network. The following audio drama is rated G for general audiences. It's Mutual Presents, and I'm Jack Ward. We're continuing Season 3 with our look into the old-time radio with the original Mutual Broadcasting System series. And this week, it's Friday Follies. The Adventures of Maisie with The Phony Doctor and Bobby Kent. So let's turn back those clocks as we return to the days of Classic Mutual. Hiya, babe. Say, how about a little... Ow! Does that answer your question, buddy? The Adventures of Maisie, starring Anne Southern. You all remember Metro-Golden-Mayer's famous Maisie pictures. In just a moment, you'll hear Maisie in radio, starring the same glamorous star you all went to see and loved on the screen, Anne Southern. But first, you're announced. Southern as Maisie. Yep, I'm Maisie, like the man said. I don't ask anything of life, and I don't get anything. Well, that's sort of breaking even, ain't it? I guess when I was a kid, I was vaccinated with a road map, because as far back as I can remember, I've been traveling. <laughs> right now, I'm in Reno. Oh, no, not for the usual reason. I ain't never been married yet. Also, I've been kicked around a lot by men of the opposite sex. And the way I figure it, there's only two kinds of men. Those you can trust, and the majority. Anyway, here I am in Reno looking for the Blue Peacock Club. My agent got me a job there as a singer. I'm supposed to sing sad songs to make ex-wives and ex-husbands homesick. So they'll hurry home, marry somebody else, and then come back to Reno and start all over again. Ouch! Say, why don't you look where you... You? You? Jack Fuller. Maisie Revere. Say, Say, what what are you doing... <laughs> Ladies first, Dad. What are you doing in Reno, the world's most famous separation center? Well, it's this way, Maisie. I married a girl. Well, you couldn't have made a better choice. It ain't funny, McGee. You see, I love her. Oh, I'm sorry, Jack. Care to tell me about it? Well, it's this way, Maisie. Mm-hmm. I met Gloria. That's my wife. Mm-hmm. Right after I quit the job at the airplane factory you and I worked at. Oh, yeah. I remember that place. You were vice president in charge of training boat number 268, and I was in charge of 269. That is until the explosion. (laughs) (laughs) I liked you, Maisie. A lot. Mm. You were different. Yeah. But Gloria was differenter, huh? Yeah. Say, this isn't the place to pour out my heart. How's about a soda, Maisie? Love to. I'm a little dry after walking across the great American desert. 
You walked? Sure. The railroad only sells tickets to people with money. Some silly rule they got. Mm, golly, you must be real thirsty. Well, I could use a drink. I stopped off at a little mirage, but they were closed for lunch. <laughs> well, come on. <laughs> Yeah, what'll it be, folks? I'll just have a Coke. What about you, miss? Well, I'll have a double chocolate sundae with coconut, mm, and uh, whipped cream, marshmallow, bananas, and some shredded nuts. No cherry? Well, of course not. You think I want to get sick? I hate myself for asking. One hash frozen. And that's the story, Maisie. You see, after the wedding, I found out that Gloria wasn't exactly penniless. She had a fortune. That was terrible. Some terrible, I'll say. You see, her father was from Texas. He was a millionaire. Well, naturally. Well, when we got married, she agreed to live on what I make. Oh, I do all right. But one day... You had a fight. Yeah. Mm. How did you know we had a fight? Well, that's obvious. You were married. Yeah. <laughs> but this wasn't just a plain little disagreement. You see... Here's your Coke, mister. And here's your little tidbit, miss. Thanks. Hey, wait a minute, Sonny. I can't eat this. Who can you forgot a spoon. Oh, here you are, miss. Coconut, whipped cream, marshmallow. Now, Jack, where were we? Up to the breakup, I think. Mm. Maisie, I can't figure Gloria's change of heart. She still loves me. I'm sure of it. Oh, yeah? Then why is she going to court tomorrow for a divorce? Look, Sonny, nobody asks you. Yeah. Maisie, you've just got to stop her from getting that divorce. Stop her? How can I stop her? Yeah, how can she stop her? Well, well I don't... Ah, uh, come on, Maisie. Let's get out of here and go someplace where we can talk undisturbed. Here's your money, Long Ears. Yeah, so long, Mr. Anthony. Sorry we can't stay for you to hear the rest. But this conversation is calculated to keep you in. Suspense. Hey, miss, you left your gum parked on the stool. Oh, that's all right. If I don't call for it in 30 days, it's yours. Well, you haven't answered the question yet, Jack. How am I supposed to stop the divorce? I don't know, but you've got to do it. Even if you have to kidnap Gloria. But kidnapping's a federal offense, honey. Besides, I won't have the time. I got a job. Look, Maisie, I love her. Oh, dear. Well, how's about starting at the beginning and let me in on a few of the details? Like, what's all this about, hmm? Well, Gloria was away visiting Daphne Ashburn when, well, all of a sudden her letters stopped. Daphne Ashburn? Uh-huh. That don't listen like a gal you can trust. Could be. You see, Daphne's a distant relation, a cousin twice removed. Yeah, but she wasn't removed far enough, huh? If Daphne's mixed up in this, I haven't been able to find it out. And I've tried. I tried to see Gloria and get an explanation. And she wouldn't see you? She had me thrown out of her hotel for pestering her. But why don't you write her a letter? I've written dozens. I don't believe she gets them. In fact, Maisie, I'm convinced something funny's going on. And I want you to move into that hotel and find out. Hotel? Jack. When you move into a hotel, they always ask embarrassing questions. Like, when are you going to pay your bill? I'll take care of the expenses. Now, here. Here's a letter I've written, and if Gloria reads it, I think she'll give up this idea of a divorce. Some way I want you to get it to her and see that she reads it. In person. Well, I'll try, but I'm not... Maisie, you've got to. You've got to find out who's poisoning Gloria's mind against me. You've got to stop that divorce. But, Jack, you're asking me to be a detective, a regular private eye. Please, Maisie, it means so much to me. Please. Well, all right. But I've got a feeling that this may be one private eye that's headed for a punch in the nose. 
the bellboy, Miss Maisie. Oh. Come in, Jerry. I came as soon as you called in the no. Woo, woo, woo. Gee, must be this new sweater I'm wearing, Jerry. Your eyes are bumping against your glasses. Uh-uh. Oh, <laughs> here's the ice you ordered, Maisie. Well, you'd better put it on your forehead, Jerry. You look like you're running a temperature. Oh, sir. <laughs> Say, Jerry, hmm? maybe I can use you. Huh? I mean, I'd like you to do me a favor over and above your line of duty. Well, I'm off duty at five. No, no, I don't mean that. Oh. Listen, Jerry, hmm? i got to see a certain woman in this hotel. Do you know Mrs. Gloria Fuller? Gloria? Oh, sure, Maisie, sure. Of course, I don't like that Miss Daphne Ashbourne that's always hanging around, or that oily Dr. Clays. Dr. Clays? Yeah, yeah, he's a doctor that treats Gloria. Oh. Only I, I can't see anything wrong with her, except maybe she's always sort of sleepy. Sleepy? Mm-hmm. Jay, uh, how, how can I get in to see her? Well, uh, her husband was snooping around here till they threw him out, and it's a rule not to let anybody in to see her. Oh, please, Jay. Wouldn't you fix it? Just a little old me. Oh, when you flutter your little old eyelashes like that at me, mm. I'm your man. <laughs> uh, look, it, it, it's it's the big suite at the end of the hall. Yeah, at the end of the hall. Yeah. I'm supposed to bring up Miss Gloria's mail about now. I'm a little late. So if, if you were to knock on the door, well, there you are. Oh, thank you, Jerry. And one more thing. Hmm. Well, what's Gloria Fuller like? Oh, she's a sweetie pie. Is it... Say, she ain't, ain't, ain't wanted by Uncle Sam. No, by Brother Jack. Yes, come in, Jerry. Excuse me, Mrs. Fuller, but... I thought you were Jerry, the bellboy. Well, who are you? I'm Maisie Revere, and I'm a good pal of your husband, and he loves you and wants you to read this letter, and he's such a swell guy. I think you're a fool if you're divorcing Gloria, and... Hey, wait a minute. You are Gloria Fuller, aren't you? This is her room, isn't it? Yeah. Well, uh, I'm supposed to give you this letter if you are. So, here it is. Thank you, but I'm sure it's no different from any of Jack's other letters. Now, if you'll excuse oh, me... Oh, I... no, no. I was supposed to make sure you read it in person. I promised Jack I wouldn't leave till you read it. Oh, so... very well. <laughs> yes. Yes, just as I expected. Very well, you can tell Mr. Fuller that you kept your promise. And you'll see him and talk to him? Yes. In the divorce court tomorrow. Oh. Now, will you please leave? Gee, you know, from what Jack and Jerry told me, I thought you'd be different. Just what do you mean, different? Well, they said you were a sweetie pie. But to me, you turned out to be all crust. Such nerve. Why, you insolent cheap. Cheap? Look, sister, I've been called lots of things in my time. I'll but... bet you have. <gasps> now, please leave. I'm expecting friends for lunch. Don't worry, Tootsie. I'm leaving. And be careful with that lunch. Don't tip over your saucer of milk. Well, how do you figure that one, Daphne? Claves, did you hear it all? I happened to be bending over to tie my shoelace, and my ear came flush up to the keyhole. Say, what if Gloria heard it? Well, not a chance. Not with the sleeping pill I gave her. She'll be out for another half hour. Good. Now, here's another letter. Can you take it up to your room and fix it up before she wakes up? Naturally. I'll even have it fixed up before the beautiful Maisie gets through reporting back to Gloria's true loving husband. <laughs> and I just wish I could hear what she has to say about the girl she thinks is the real Gloria. Jerry, I've been looking for you for two hours. Oh, I, I've been trying to help you solve this case, Maisie. 
So for the last couple hours, I've been upstairs, peeping in at Miss Gloria's keyhole. Oh, did you find anything out, Jay? Yeah. She has a birthmark oh, on her. Oh, never mind. Gee, if I didn't give my solemn promise to Jack, I'd call the whole thing off. The next time I run into little Gloria, I hope I'm driving a truck. Oh, gosh, but you wouldn't want to hurt Miss Gloria. Why, she's a doll. She's, she's out of this world. And I wish she'd stay out. Imagine that hunk of living proof that cousins shouldn't marry calling me cheap. Oh, well, gosh, Maisie, she sure looks like an angel. Just look at her over there. Where? I don't see her. Sitting at that table right over there. But that's not the woman I talked to. I mean, Jerry, who's that tall, willowy girl coming to the table? Well, that's Miss Daphne Ashbourne. Oh, it is. And she told me she was Gloria Fuller, the female, female impersonator. Maisie, where are you going? Well, now we'll see who can call me cheap. Say, you. This is the one, Gloria. Are you Gloria Fuller? Yes, I am, Miss Revere. Well, now I smell a rat. Oh, you do? Yes, rat. Gloria, did you know that this, this woman passed herself off as you and she read a letter from your husband and Jack's one of the nicest guys in the world? Yes, and... Miss Ashburn told me all about your visit at my suite. Oh, she told you, huh? Telephone call, Miss Ashburn. You can take it in the alcove there. Oh, no, thank you, Jerry. I'll take it in my room. Well, I hope you're satisfied, Miss Peroxide of 1950. Peroxide? Why, I... Miss Revere, please. Gee, what she makes me think of her. I should wash out my mind with DDT. Miss Revere, I try not to think badly of anyone, so I suppose you don't know what was in Jack's letter. Well, I didn't read it like old Needle knows, but I know he really loves you. He does? Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. Oh, no. No, he couldn't. In every letter he's written me lately, he's demanded money, a lot of money. That's why I broke off with him. I don't believe it. Well, here's the letter you brought. Here, I'll show you. Let me see. I don't love you so you can have your freedom. But I demand a 50-50 split of every cent you've got. Wait a minute. Is this Jack's writing? I'd know it anywhere. Oh, and dopey me. I thought he was a swell guy. I used to think so, too. Oh, gee, I'm, I'm sorry I bothered you, Gloria. And please, if I were you, I wouldn't let this hurt me too much. It does hurt us. Maybe I'm not as stout-hearted as you. Oh, sure. Stout-hearted Maisie, that's me. A heart of oak and a head to match. Well, I'll tell that Jack Fuller a thing or two. Didn't you like him, Maisie? Where's the phone booth, Jerry? Oh, uh, right around this corner. I'll there. tell that Jack Fuller what a heel he is. Here's a phone booth, Maisie. Oh, only there's somebody in it. But I tell you, Daphne, I'm not drinking. Jerry, that boy... Who is it? Sounds like Dr. Clay. I tell you no, Daphne. No. Uh-huh. And he's talking about Miss Daffy Daphne Ashford. <laughs> I was gambling, yes. And I've got to have some money. Now, look. You put 200 in an envelope and have Jerry the bellboy bring it to my room. Uh-oh. Uh, why do you worry about money? We'll have plenty as soon as we get control of the Fuller Dame. Sure. Call Jerry right away. Jerry, you're behind the booth. Yeah, Maisie. There he goes. Well, I guess I won't call Jack Fuller after all. Jerry, something's wrong here, and I'm going to find out about it. Yeah, and I'll help you, Maisie, as soon as I take that money to Dr. Clay. Wait a minute. You're not going to take it to him, Jerry. I am. Well, but, Maisie, I don't trust Dr. Claves. I don't like him. I don't like him either, Jerry. But before I get through with him, I think he's going to like me. You see, I know men. Really? 
How did you find out so much about men, Maisie? <laughs> I refused to answer that, Jerry, on the grounds that it might incriminate me. The Adventures of Maisie, starring Anne Southern, will continue in just a moment. Zombies as you ordered, Maisie. Uh, hey, where's Dr. Claves? Under the table. She on only 12 zombies? <laughs> and you should have seen him after number 11. He just sat there like Whistler's mother, rocking. <laughs> Did he talk? Yes, he talked plenty. Oh, good, good. Oh, oh by the way, the, the barman said if I didn't get Dr. Claves to sign the bill for all those drinks, he'd, he'd bust me one of the mush. I hate to wake him, but I. I well, we might as well. Here, I'll do it. Dr. Claves. Dr. Claves, wake up. Time for your DTs, honey. Well, uh, what's that? Oh, beautiful Maisie, where you been all my life? Hmm, this is where I came in. Uh, uh, Dr. Claves, uh, would you please sign for these drinks? Are you able to sign for them, Dr. Claves? Who, me? Oh, I, sure, hmm. sure, sure. Here's a pencil. I don't need but one pencil. I'm only handing you one. Hmm. Do you think you can sign, Dr. Claves? Huh? Why, if Claves can't sign, who can? I'm an, I'm an expert signer. Here. Mm. There. Uh, here are two more to sign. Mm. There. And there. Yeah. Thank you for signing. Uh, same to you, old pal. Drop in any time. Oh, he's out again. Yeah. You better make sure you can read his signature, Jerry. Oh, sure, sure. I can read it, Maisie. I'll say one thing. He sure writes a beautiful hand. He... Wait. Well? These signatures are all different, Maisie. Huh? I mean, same name, but not the same. Gary, are you sure you didn't sample one of those zombies? No, 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 no. Look. Yeah. That's strange. One's all flowery and curly cute, and one's backhand, and one's a... Gary. Yeah, Maisie, yeah? Dr. Claves is a forger. And look. Here's a brand new blotter he used to blot a letter. See if you can read what it says. Uh, it's all backwards like. Well, look, I I'll hold it up here to the mirror and you read it. Uh, there. W what does it say? Uh, well, well, oh, it, it says, um, uh, uh, Dear Gloria, mm -hmm, yeah. I don't love you so you can have your freedom. Go on, Jerry, yeah. But I demand a 50 50 split of every cent you've got. That is it. Jerry, that's it. Sure, sure. What, what's what? Dr. Clave took the real letter Jack Fuller wrote to Gloria and he wrote this one instead. Oh. Now, listen, Jerry. Here's what we'll do. Uh, yeah, Maisie? We'll, we're, we're going to take this bar to the police's evidence. Uh -huh. You get us a taxi while I call Jack and tell him to meet us at the police station. Right. And hold the cab till I get downstairs. Right. I'm on my way. Hello, operator. Operator. Yes. I want the hotel bell bill in a hurry. Mr. Jack Fuller, please. Drop that phone. Huh? You heard me. Go away, honey. Only one thing will stop me from making this call. Drop that phone or I shoot. That's the one thing. Miss Ashburn. 
Is that thing in your hand? It a... sure is, and I know how to shoot it, too. Oh, no, you don't. Don't try to hide that blotter. Hand it to me or I'll... Sure, sure. Who needs a dirty old blotter? Don't play possum with me, honey. So you're on to Claves and his penmanship act, eh? Yeah, and you can't get away with this, darling. Oh, can't I? No, you can't. I'll call the police. I'll... You'll do nothing because you'll be lying here on the floor bound and gagged. You wouldn't dare. Oh, no? I'll do even more. Just to give you something to occupy your mind, I will tell you what Claves and Gloria and I will be doing while you're lying here. She's been waiting for an hour. Did you get tied up? Uh, Holy smoke, you did get tied up. Here, Maisie, let me take off this gag. There. What happened? Well, that Daphne Ashburn came in here with a gun, and she slapped Claves so she got him on his feet. Untie my hands feet, Jerry. Oh, oh, sure, sure. Well, while I was lying there tied up, she called Judge Carter and asked him to hear Gloria's divorce in his chambers today instead of tomorrow. Jerry, we got to work fast. Well, well, you just tell me what to do, Maisie. Well, go to the Hotel hotel Belleville and tell Jack to get over to to the judge's chambers fast. Right, right. But, Maisie, where are you going? Well, it's probably already too late, but I'm going to try to stop that divorce. There being no further testimony and evidence in the case of Fuller versus Fuller... The court is inclined to enter a bill of divorcement in favor of the plaintiff. Now, Mrs. Gloria Fuller, if you'll just step to my desk and sign. Yes, Judge Carter. I object. Your Honor, I object. And just who might you be, young woman? Well, I'm a friend of the goon. I mean, the groom. I mean, divorcee. I I mean, I'm a friend of Jack Fuller, and he loves Gloria, and she doesn't really want a divorce if she only knew the facts. May we have order, please? And although these are my private chambers, this is still a court of law. Mrs. Fuller, do you know this young woman? Well, I've seen her. Judge Carter, she's pestered Gloria before. She's a cheap, phony blonde. Phony! I'll show you the roots. I'll show you my baby picture. Your Honor, would you allow me to speak for a moment as a doctor? I'll allow anybody to speak if they'll clear up this nonsense. All right, Dr. Claves. Thank you. This young woman is Maisie Revere. Hmm. I had a chance to observe her very closely earlier today when she came to me as a patient. I went to you as a patient. You were blotto and flat on your back. What? What is this? Please, Your Honor, I'm I'm demonstrating something, so I ask you to listen closely. Now, Macy, just how would you describe me to Judge Carter here? I'd describe you as the heel who's been forging letters to make Gloria believe her husband is after her money. Oh, that sounds fantastic. As you can see, Your Honor, this is obviously an acute case of hyperaphronia. That's a lie. I never had anything but the measles. No, 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 there now, Macy, just just be calm now. Do you know the meaning of hyperaphronia? Well, no. But I've been vaccinated, and I can prove it. No, never mind. Hey, hey, wait a minute. Just what does it mean? Suppose you tell her, Your Honor. Well, I, uh... Well, that is to say, I'm not too familiar with some of these uh, technical medical terms. Uh, uh, but, uh, I take it, it means that a person... Exactly, Your Honor. As yeah. nutty as a fur-lined fruitcake. Now, wait a minute. Judge, you don't think I'm off my trolley, do you? You're not even near the track. Now, just a well, minute. Well, you came in here in a most fantastic manner, and you've made some exceedingly wild statements which are unsupported by evidence. There, darling. Please, Stephanie. However, the court does not leave such matters to chance. Ah, there for you, darling. May we have order. As I was saying, the court's principal interest here is in seeing justice done to the person most concerned. Mrs. Fuller. Yes, Judge Carter. Now, I want you to consider your answer carefully, my dear. Do you want a divorce from your husband, Jack Fuller? Well, I... Of course you do, Gloria. You know all the things we've planned. Well, I... Well, Mrs. Fuller, 
Well, I did love him, Judge, but... Yes, I do want a divorce. All right, my dear. Just sign Just here. Just a minute, Gloria. You still love your husband. He never did anything bad to you in his life, and all he wants is a chance. I don't, I don't. I did love him, but now Okay, I okay. If you don't want Jack Fuller, I do. The way he kisses. Well, I object, Your Honor. <laughs> I always do, too, but Jack is so convincing. It's not true. Jack wouldn't look at another woman. You see, Jack, I told you she still loves him. Maisie, Maisie. Oh, Jerry, where's Jack? He wasn't in, so I left a message. And on the way over, I stopped at the police station to check on Dr. Clay. Yeah. You what? Jerry, quickly. They want him for forgery, don't they? Well, no, Maisie, they don't. Uh -huh. <laughs> you see, now, Your Honor. He's only wanted for grand larceny, embezzlement, swindling widows and orphans, and practicing medicine without a license. Come on, Daphne, let's get out of here. Well, stop him, Your Honor, stop him! They won't get far, Maisie. Maisie? Maisie, I saw Dr. Clay's and Daphne running down the corridor. Is anything... Gloria. Oh, Jack, Jack! Gloria, did you... Did you? No, she didn't, young man. And you can thank Maisie here for saving her for you. Oh, shucks, it was nothing, kids. And Gloria, as far as Jack and me and that kissing stuff, <laughs> that was also nothing. Oh, Maisie, you're a real pal. The best pal a guy ever had. And you and I and Gloria are going to have some real times together, just the <laughs> three of us. Huh, Gloria? You will forget all this stuff that happened. All right, darling. Uh, but on one condition. I'll do anything, honey, anything. I don't trust a real close pal as beautiful as Maisie here. You don't mind, do you, Maisie? Oh, of course not, honey. Sometimes when I'm with a handsome man, I don't trust myself either. <laughs> so? So what? Well... If you even so much as smile at me again, she'll come right back here to Reno. Right, Flo? Right, Maisie. <laughs> Jack and I are going back home for a second honeymoon. Oh, but, Maisie, what about you? Oh, don't be silly, Jackie. What would I do on your honeymoon? <laughs> In just a moment, we shall return to the adventures of Maisie. Once again, here's Maisie. <laughs> and so Jackie and Gloria went back to Texas. Golly, those kids sure are proud of Texas. And I guess maybe they should be. After all, the United States is part of it. <laughs> Too bad the court couldn't do anything about little Daphne. She hadn't broken the law, only bends a little. But that wolf in she's clothing will be getting what's coming to her, no matter where she's run off to. There's one thing about being a louse. No matter where you go, you've got to take yourself with you. Well, come on, feet. We still gotta find that nightclub. Gosh, I sure am tired from all that walking. Golly, why can't people be born with their feet higher up so they won't have to keep pounding the pavement? You've just heard The Adventures of Maisie, starring Anne Southern. Maisie is presented by arrangement with Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer, producers of Battleground, starring Van Johnson, John Hodiak, Ricardo Montalban, and George Murphy.
was written by Arthur Phillips. Original music was composed and conducted by Harry Zimmerman. Supporting cast included Sidney Miller, Hugh Studebaker, Stanley Waxman, Mary Ship, Bob Cole, Jerry Hausner, and Rhoda Williams. Jack McCoy speaking. Does that answer your question, Bobby? The Adventures of Maisie, starring Ann Southern. You all remember Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer's famous Maisie pictures. In just a moment, you'll hear Maisie in radio, starring the same glamorous star you all went to see and loved on the screen, Ann Southern. But first... You're an like the man said. Maisie Revere from Brooklyn. You know, some people are born with silver spoons in their mouths. They even go to finishing school. But my schooling was finished with the sixth grade. Of course, I may not be educated, but I ain't ignorant. There's a difference, you know. Maybe I don't know the score of Pagliacci or the Barber of Seville, but I sure know the score when it comes to men. Of course, there are some men you can trust, and someday I'll find one. Meanwhile, I'm still window shopping around. I'm in no hurry. I can still support myself in the style which I have forced myself to become accustomed. When I was a kid back in Brooklyn, we were lucky if we had three square meals a day. Now that I'm grown up and in show business, I'm lucky if I can get an occasional postage stamp to lick. Not this week, of course. This week I'm working. I'm appearing at the biggest theater in town. The manager auditioned lots of girls for the job, but I got it because of my voice. The manager liked the way I said, There's a better selection of seats in the balcony, folks. Mm-hmm. I'm an usherette. I get 30 bucks a week and passes from wolves, mostly. But at least I got a job. <gasps> oh, my goodness. I won't have it long if I don't get across the street and into my uniform. Sally, this is a busy intersection, but I just got to get across that street. Green light or no green light. Well, here goes. Hmm. That quarter I spent for this police whistle was a pretty smart investment. I'm sorry, mister. Did I knock you down? No, no. I'm just lying here with my ear in the ground to see if any enemy tanks are approaching. Oh. Are, are, you, are you hurt bad, miss? No, I don't think so. Oh! 
What's the matter? My head. It's all twisted around to my back. Oh, my gosh. Are you sure? Just look at it. Oh, no, it's all right. I just got my sweater on backwards. Somebody better get an ambulance. This kid shouldn't be allowed to drive these hot rods. Yeah, you should sue that crazy kid, miss. You ought to get the license number of his car. I think I have got it. On the back of my dress. Gee, I'm awful sorry, lady, but the, the light, it was green. At uh, least I thought it, it was. Go on now, keep moving. You too, miss. I'm not so sure I can keep moving, officer. You see, I was just knocked down by that hot rod. That young hoodlum was driving. All right, now, miss, what's your name? Maisie Revere. I'm Jerome Smertzkebruggen. All right, whose fault was it? Well, not the kid's officer. He was born with that name. No, no, I mean the accident. A serious thing like this could lead to a jail sentence, Sonny. Okay, lock me up, officer. Put me behind bars for the rest of my life. I ain't got nothing to live for anyway. Well, now, young man, don't tell me a 16-year-old like you is tired of this little old world. I'm not 16. I'm 17. It's terrible. Hmm. Should happen to me. Such terrible. Well, I gotta get back to my job. I'm I'm sorry it was you that almost got killed, miss. Should have been me. Oh, now, come, come, Sonny. Aren't you taking whatever it is just a wee bit too seriously? Yeah, that's right, Sonny. There's lots of things a kid, I mean, a man like you have to live for. Yeah? Give me a for instance. Well, there's girls. Girls. Bah. I hate all women. Oh, so that's it. Puppy love, miss. Yeah, puppy love. Some girls treating them like a dog. You give a woman the best years of your life, treat her like a queen. Cokes, double chocolate sundaes. With whipped cream. Yeah, and that's a nickel extra. Yeah. Brown's drugstore where we all hang out is expensive, but do they appreciate being wined and dined? No. no. Do they want a real guy who gives them security, understanding? No. no. You can never tell what a woman really wants. But you're a woman. Well, that's how I know. Oh. Jerome... I hope you'll forgive me for butting in, but are you talking about any particular woman? Yeah, Florence Prince. She's gone all swoony over that icky Bobby Kent. Oh, she too, huh? And who's Bobby Kent? Bobby Kent's appearing across the street at the theater I'm working at. He's the country's number one bebop singer. Bebop? Yeah, that's the nervous breakdown set the music. Ever since that Kent character hit town, Florence has given me the complete slufferoo treatment. Slufferoo? Yeah, that's bebop for who needs you. Oh. Listen, Florence has every record Kent ever made. And since he started making that personal in town, she sees every performance. And after the theater closes, she locks herself in a room and keeps playing his records over and over again. Well, I don't mean she's gaga about him, Jerome. Yeah, maybe she just likes music. Then why does she burn incense while she's doing it? Oh, this ain't no ordinary garden variety crush officer. Little Florence is a real gone gal. You mean she's giving this nice boy the the slufferoo because that their Kent feller sings hot? Oh, hotter than hot, Chief. When that Kent character sings, they can serve the chocolate bars in Dixie cups. Let Florence have her pretty boy drip. Go ahead and arrest me, officer. She'll be sorry when I come out of jail a hardened criminal. Uh, uh, arrest? Do you wish to press charges, miss? No. I think Jerome's taken enough of a beating officer. Gee, thanks, miss. Okay, Sonny, scram before this nice, kind young lady changes her mind. And drive carefully. Carefully? Yeah, you don't want to get killed, do you? You do want to live. What's so special about living? <laughs> well, miss, I guess you'd better get back to your job. There's nothing we can do about the kid's love life. Here, I'll walk you across the street. Oh, thanks, officer. I am still a little wobbly. <laughs> Too bad about Jerome, isn't it? He's a nice kid. Yeah, if I were that girl's father, I'd shoot that Bobby Kent. Yeah. Say, I wonder. Wonder what? Well, I get a couple of hours off from ushering later. Suppose I talk to Kent. You know, explain about Jerome and Florence. Maybe he could do something. Well, like what? Well, I don't know. Maybe straighten this Florence out. 
Send her back to Jerome and Chocolate Sundays. I'm really worried about that boy, Chief. Oh, but he's a total stranger, miss. You wouldn't go out of your way to help somebody you never met before, would you? After all, he could have broke your back. But he didn't. He just broke my heart. Come in. Oh, yes, miss. Uh, Mr. Kent. Oh, uh, you are the Bobby Kent, aren't you? Who else? What can I do for you, chick? My autograph, certainly. Oh, uh, no, Mr. Kent. Oh, my picture, then. Well, they're a dollar. The handler cost a mail on and stuff. I make very little on them, you know. Oh, uh, no, Mr. Kent. It's it's uh, it's just something to make a poor lovesick kid live happily ever after. Okay, but it'll just have to be a kiss on my forehead. <clears throat> Look, chum. I don't want to cut in on that big love affair you're having with you. And I know I'm being a nuisance. Oh, you're from the newspaper. Love my love my love. Come in, Miss... Uh, uh, Maisie uh, Revere. Ah, and I, oh, what can I do for you, Miss Revere? My life story, certainly. I was born in a little log cabin, not unlike Abe Lincoln. And when my father first saw uh, me, Mr. he Kent, said... Mr. Kent, I've come on more of a personal mission. But he said... Uh, oh, hmm. you're not here for a story. You're hmm. just interested in Bobby Kent, the man. Yeah. So grow up, will you? Oh, the fiery type. Hey, I like that. How about dinner tonight, hmm? No, tonight I'm having dinner with my husband. Oh. Mm. Well, let's make it after dinner. Hmm? Uh, Mr. Kent, I came here to ask you a favor. Oh, a benefit. Well, sort of. Now, here's the situation. A certain boy named Jerome is in love with a girl called Florence. But she won't even look at him since you came to town. Oh, yeah, but that happens everywhere. Oh, uh, I'm sure it does. So one girl, more or less, wouldn't make that much difference to you. Uh, Mr. Kent, do you suppose you could tell Florence that you can't stand silly bebop schmoes? But that would be bad publicity. Oh, on the contrary, it'd be great publicity. I can see the headlines now. Bobby Kent, nation's foremost bebopster, spurns all 16-year-old girls. You'll make millions of friends. Of who? Well, of all 16-year-old boys. Yes. Yeah. Boys like records, too. You'll make a million dollars. Yeah, then I'll be able to give up bebop singing and go in for what I'm really destined uh. for. Opera. Figaro, Figaro, Figaro. Hello, Florence. I haven't seen you here at Brown since... It's merely a coincidence, Mr. Smertzkebroigen. I just chanced in here. What chance? Gosh, Florence, how can you be so aloof? You know what they were just playing on the jukebox? What? Our song. Yours, perhaps, Mr. Smertzkebroigen. My song happens to be Bobby Boy's dreamy theme ballad. He's real gone. I wish he was gone for good. So long, Florence. As far as I'm concerned, our engagement is over. Goodbye forever. Goodbye. I'll see you again tonight, maybe, huh? You will if you happen to be in the audience at any of Bobby Kent's performances. That does it. We're really through. I'm going to call up Clara Drunk. So who's stopping you? Well, this is Browse Drugstore, Bobby. Uh, can you recognize Florence? Oh, hardly. I've never seen her. Oh. Um, say, Jerk. <clears throat> I mean, Soda Jerk. Yeah, miss? Uh, do you know a girl called Florence who's that way about a kid called Jerome? You mean was that way about Jerome? Now she's gaga about a guy called Bobby Kent. I don't know what she sees in that guy. Blind fool. Say, you're Kent, aren't you? Yeah. 
Oh, Mr. Kent, would you do me a favor? Oh, certainly. Drop dead. Now, look here, you... Miss Revere, did you hear what this kid told me to yeah, do? Yeah, but Why? please hold off till we straighten out Florence. Is she here, Bob? That's her, miss, the one at the newsstand drooling at little Bobby's puss in a fan mag. Hmm. She don't look the type. She looks almost bright. Um, oh, Florence. Florence. Yeah? Here she comes, Bobby. Now, remember, you got to make her hate the sight of you. Okay, but this ain't going to be easy. She's got eyes, you know. Oh. You call me, miss? Hello, Florence. Oh! She recognizes you. Oh, gosh, Mr. Kent, I couldn't help it. You're so handsome, so debonair, so exciting. Get excited, Bobby. Wait, she hasn't finished yet. Oh, brother. Oh, gee, wait till the other girls hear that I actually, really and truly, honest to goodness, met Bobby Kent. I'm president of our local Bobby Kent fan club, president and scream leader. Get going, Bobby. Figaro, Figaro, you remember? Oh, yeah, sure, sure. Oh, so you're one of those silly kids that faint and scream and stuff like that there when I sing, huh? So long now. Just a minute. Me, a silly kid? Well, I didn't mean exactly silly, is, but... Is that all you have to say, Mr. Kent? Well, it's all I rehearsed. Rehearsed? And Mr. Kent also forgot that he thought you were a dope. Me? A dope? But in a charming way. Look who's calling me a dope. An ignoramus like you. At least I went to school, stupid. And Bobby said you came out stupid, too. I did? Hey, that's pretty clever of me. Maybe I'll become a comedian instead, huh? Mr. Kent, I think you're just conceited, horrible, disgusting. No, just a second. Don't just... interrupt, Bobby. She hasn't finished yet. I hate you. hate you. To think I gave up a nice, sweet boy like Jerome to dedicate my life to a drip like you. Well, Clarence, that should be the last. Clarence, what are you crying about? Jerome, this, this Kent creature insulted me. He did, huh? Put up your hand, goon. Well, if you insist. Maisie, hold my mirror. Jerome, don't. Everything's straightened out. Except Bobby, boy, and I'm going to straighten him out right on the floor. Oh, well, Jerome, smash him. I will. Somebody hold my bubble gum. Here I come, chum. Oh. Well, that's that. Now, will somebody please pick me up? Jerome, you're, you're solid and so strong. Gosh, that breakfast food really does what they say, doesn't it? <laughs> Gee, I'm sorry, Bobby. Are you hurt? Well, I never look much with this eye anyway. Well, that's what I get for trying to get a girl to fall out of love with me and go back to her local yokel. What? Bobby, you'll spoil everything. You did that for me, Bobby? Oh, oh you're wonderful. Sacrificing yourself. Just like in the movies. All right, oh, well, Jerome, you really did it. Did what? Gosh, one minute it's me, then it's him. Women sure are peculiar. Come home with me, Bobby, darling. I'll put a beefsteak on your poor, dear, beautiful... But quiet. She hasn't finished yet. Uh, gorgeous eye. Come on, Bobby Mia. Well, Jerome, you sure messed that up good. I don't know what it's all about. Now Florence goes for that tent fellow more than ever. She'll never even look at me again. Well, don't worry, Jerome. Girls like that will be falling for guys like you long after men like Bobby Kent have died, but not before. The Adventures of Maisie, starring Anne Southern, will continue in just a moment.
back to Maisie. Kindly keep the sidewalk clear, folks, and line up two abreast along the curb. No pushing, lady. You'll get in to see Bobby Kent. Line up along the curb, please. Madam, you can't sneak in there. You'll have to get to the end of the line. Oh, the end of the line? Well, where is it, miss? Not too far, madam. Just go down to the corner, walk one block north, two blocks south, then a block east, and then three blocks west. Miss, will we all get in to see Bobby? Oh, hello, Miss Revere. Oh, hello, Jerome. You waiting to hear Drool Boy, too? Yeah, I had to see for myself what he's got that I ain't got that I wish he'd lend me some night when he ain't using it. <laughs> I don't know what it is, Jerome. But whatever he's got, he could make a fortune with it if he put it in bottles. Uh, Miss Revere, I'm sorry about this afternoon. I, I mean about lousing up your act at the drugstore. Yeah, it almost worked, didn't it? Uh, you and Florence still no speaky? Still know nothing. Ah. My life is finished. All I have are my memories. Well, they should keep you warm this winter. Girlie, I'm sorry, but you'll have to get to the end of the line. Oh, oh. Miss, I've warned the manager all day today. You'll have to keep this crowd from overflowing into the street and blocking traffic. Oh, hello, Maisie. Hello, officer. I'm doing my best, but it ain't easy to handle this Kent happy mob. Yeah, I know. Since that guy opened here, my wife's been too busy running to the theater to cook me a meal. You too, officer? Oh, you, Jerome. Hey, Maisie, did you work on that bebopper like you said? Uh-huh. Any luck? Well, get a load of the expression on Jerome's face. Yeah, no luck. Mm. Gosh, something should be done about that Kent guy. Yeah, we could write to Congress and have him declared unconstitutional. I told you, Miss, end of the line. Gee, you must have eyes in the back of your head. It's criminal, that's what it is. That little girl, she couldn't be more than 12 and standing in back of the line all night to hear a crooner. Somebody should talk to her mother. Well, go ahead, Chief. Her mother's at the front of the line. Florence is out of my life for keeps now. I heard that Bobby Kent promised to make her president of all the Bobby Kent drool clubs in America. Oh, no. Not Florence. Yeah, you'd think that a man like Kent would go more for, well, somebody, you, you know. Uh... Yeah. Say, that's it. Another girl. Huh? Come here, fellas. Got an idea. Yeah? Over here, fellas. What? Okay, Maisie. What goes? Look, kids. Girls all over the country write to Bobby Kent, Right. Right, but he never answers them. Maybe he can't write. Oh, just listen, please. Suppose, just suppose, mind you, that one girl did write an answer. And we had the letter. In Kent's handwriting. Well, how'd we get one? Well, I have a copy of his handwriting. Got an autograph to show my grandchildren. I wanted them to see what a dangerous age their grandma lived in. You mean write a letter supposedly from Kent? All's fair in love and war, Chief, and this is both. Now, if a certain girl happened to have one of those letters... A real hot love letter. Mm-hmm. One that would steam the envelope open by itself. Well? Yeah. yeah. Now, here's how we'll all go about it. After Kent's last performance, he'll probably be in his dressing room. Well, Florence will be there for a while. They're going to work out plans to put the Bobby Kent fan clubs on an international basis. Oh, I see. Sort of a UNB bop, huh? <laughs> Yes, miss. Can I help you? Yes. I want the sloppiest, biggest sweater you got to hang down to my bobby saw. She wants to look as close to 15 as possible. Oh, a masquerade party? More of a hunting trip. Oh, well, miss, here's the biggest sweater we have in the shop. Care to try it on? Yeah. Just drop it over my head. Uh, certainly. There you are. Gosh, that sure looks big, Miss Revere. <laughs> oh. It's fine around the knees. I'll take it, mister. Yes, miss. Even that don't make you look... Well, 
16, Miss Revere. Oh, I will when I get my hair do did up in real cute makeup. Uh, here's your sweater, Miss. Thanks. And when I get working on that Bobby Kent, he'll be so gaga about me, he'll want to hug and kiss me. Will that be all, Miss? Gosh, I hope so. <laughs> Mr. Kent, it was sure super keen of you to invite me to your dressing room to, to discuss things and imagine you making little insignificant me president of all the Bobby Kent fan clubs in America. I'll think nothing of it, Chick. If you're a nice little girl, I might even turn over Canada and Alaska to you. Let's see who it is, Chick. Yes, Maestro. Golly, I hope whoever it is won't stay long. Oh, hello, Miss. You looking for somebody? Oh, sure enough, sure enough. Am I a child? I've come to see my drool boy. Drool boy? Mm-hmm. That's what we call him down south. Up here in enemy territory, he's known as Bobby Kane. Oh, you looking for me, girlie? Oh, drool boy, sugar pie, it's me. Maisie Bell, Ulysses Grant Lee. Ulysses Grant Lee? Mm-hmm, after my grandpappy, sugar. He was a part-time soldier in the war, remember? Fought days for the north and nights for the south. <gasps> Golly, you sure look as pretty to me as a mess of sow belly stew and a pot of goose grease. Are you sure we've met before, Chick? Am I sure? Yeah. Well, honey, Pa, don't you remember me from your fan club back in Tennessee? Remember the gals that wore the bobby socks and no shoes? Well, Miss Lee, as a fellow worshiper at the shrine of Bobby Kent, I've got some good news for you. It's about the presidency of all the Bobby Kent fan clubs. Oh, them platinum tonsils here told y'all about choosing me all as president of his fan club, you all. But, but he just appointed me president. Well, honey, he couldn't have chosen you over me. Why, just look at you. Your sweater isn't even sloppy. It is, too. But not like mine. Mine's a mess. Uh, just a minute. There must be some mistake. Yes, and I'd like to find out once and for all who made it. And so would well, I. Well, 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 I have proof, honey lamb, sugar pie, little mint julep. I got a letter that you sent me direct to my home in Georgia. Georgia? But a moment ago, you said you came from Tennessee. Oh, did I? Well, you... Well, you've heard of those old rambling southern mansions. Yes. Well, I really rambled. Now, this has gone far enough. I never wrote you a letter offering you the presidency of my fan clubs, and I can prove it. But I declare, honey, you sure have a mighty short memory. What? Why, well, here's a letter right here. A letter? Let Please. me read it, Bobby. Your eyes may be as weak as your memory. Dear Maisie Bell, honey, sugar, sweetheart, darling. Well, y'all better skip the first five pages and get to the beginning of the letter. Now, say, this is ridiculous. I'll Don't... never forget those nights on your plantation when you took me in your arms and whispered tenderly, Maisie Bell, will you promise to be president of all my fan clubs? Yours very beboppy, Bobby Passionflower Kent. Well... Now, I never wrote such a stupid letter. <laughs> I thought it was kind of cute. You didn't write it, huh? Well, this looks exactly like your handwriting. Well, gee, thanks. Oh, I mean, it is. Oh, look, baby girl, chick, honey, you know you're the only girl for me, Gladys, don't Gladys. you? Gladys, my name is Florence. I keep thinking this is Detroit. Now, look, baby, I can explain. No explanation I... is necessary, Mr. Kent. I'm going back to drool over Frankie Lane or somebody. Hello, Florence. Jerome. I just happened to be passing the theater, and I thought I'd drop by and apologize to Mr. Kent for punching him in the nose. Don't apologize, Jerome. Just punch him in the eye. No, no, don't. So long, folks. I'm going back to my hotel and have a good cry. I'm awful sorry for both of us, Florence, honey. 
But if it'll make you feel any better, you all can have the honor of being the president of the Bobby Kent fan club. I used to think he was solid, but I didn't think it was only between the ears. No, I'm through with Bobby Kent and all singers. All I want now is Jerome. If you'll forgive me for being such a silly drip. Oh, you're not a silly drip, Florence. You're a wonderful drip. I mean, you're... you're rare. Well, I, I guess you two kids want to smooch for a spell. So I'll scram out and leave you to your spark. And I'll just turn on Bobby Boy's radio before I go. Romance without music ain't nothing, no time, no place, no how. And now we bring you America's latest singing sensation, Floyd Boyd. Oh. Oh. Floyd Boyd! Maisie, you hear that? Now she's gone on him. Quiet, Jerome. Sing it, Floydy Boy, sing it. They're all alike, sooner or later. In just a moment, we shall return to the adventures of Maisie. what makes a woman tick. I guess we're all romantic. We go for a lock of curly hair that just won't stay put. A shy smile that makes you feel the fella should be mothered. But some of those fellows who look like they need a mother. Oh, brother. <laughs> it's funny, though. All girls have a crush or two. They moan and drool, put silly stuff in their diaries. But when the time comes to get married, they always pick on a plain, ordinary, nice, sensible fella. And then they moan and drool about new idols. But there's a difference this time. They don't put the stuff down in their diaries, if they're smart. I think the real trouble with wives and husbands, too, is that they don't appreciate what they got. The grass always looks greener on the other side. Grass, huh? That being married and having a couple of kids ain't hay, either. I know if I had my choice, I'd rather have a husband who comes home every night and buries his face in a newspaper... And one of those Hollywood glamour boys who comes home and buries his face in the mirror. <laughs> I ain't saying that you can't dream about those handsome Bill picture stars. <gasps> Which reminds me. <laughs> I gotta get home and get to sleep. I got a dream left over from last night with Van Johnson that I want to finish. just heard The Adventures of Maisie, starring Ann Southern. Maisie is presented by arrangement with Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer, producers of the Technicolor musical On the Town, starring Gene Kelly, Frank Sinatra, Betty Garrett, and Ann Miller. Maisie was written by Arthur Phillips. Original music was composed and conducted by Harry Zimmerman. 
Supporting cast included Hans Conried, Gloria McMillan, Gil Stratton, Frank Gerstle, Jerry Hausner, Barney Phillips, and Virginia Agnello. Jack McCoy speaking. listening to Sunday Showcase on the Mutual Audio Network, we invite you to continue the amazing audio tomorrow on Mutual with the Monday Matinee. Our weekly series of dramatic, theatrical, classic, eclectic, and live radio dramas. You can subscribe to the full Mutual Audio Network feed every day for the world's largest curated collection of audio drama or find the Monday Matinee feed in your favorite podcast players. See you tomorrow at the Matinee and thanks so much for listening. The Mutual Audio Drama Network, where we listen and imagine together.